Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Eclectic Full Contact Theater's splendid satirical saunter down memory lane to those thrilling days of yesteryear, Throwing Shade. Remember, if you love the adventures of the Shade and the Vamp, head over to Patreon at patreon.com EFCT and become a subscriber for shoutouts. Access to bloopers, exclusive interviews, sweet, sweet merchandise, and much more. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Throwing Shade. There is a darkness in the minds of men. But this isn't news to anybody. A darkness in their hearts. A darkness in a room with no lights. And who knows that darkness? The Shade knows. By day, Theodore Rockwell is a go get reporter for the Chicago Gazette-Times-Herald. But by night, he becomes The Shade. Using his uncanny ability to wear dark clothing, he, assisted by his girl Friday, Wednesday morning, who is the mysterious female vigilante, the vamp, defends the downtrodden, and fights the forces of evil. But can one man defend the innocent from the scourge of Chicago's underbelly? Find out in this week's episode, Strange Bedfellows. And as expected, we have a new sponsor. While Old Faithful coffee percolators are the fastest coffee makers around, the narrowness of the inner tube has resulted in more than a few eruptions, spewing coffee high into the air, which, while entertaining and incredible, resulted in some serious scalding. And in a, who could have seen this coming aside from anyone who understands metallurgy at all, occurrence, It turns out that heat and acidity leaches lead out of pewter, and apparently lead isn't good for people's systems. So, while the fine folks at Old Faithful Coffee Percolators seeks more intimidating lawyers, we're happy to welcome Mr. Mitten's Meow Munch, a middling quality food for high class kitties. Also brought to you by. Eclectic Full Contact Theater, bringing you high-quality 1930s radio-style satire since... I'm not really sure anymore, folks. You know, the days just start to blur altogether. Previously on Throwing Shade... Not this again. And now, on to our story. Act 1, Scene 1. Stirring the Pot. Things heat up in the mayoral race. As a bright morning dawned on Chicago, yet another bakery opened its doors to find that it was the victim of theft and two loaves of bread were missing. Seriously? This is what's passing for news these days? I'm skipping ahead. It was a peaceful Chicago afternoon, with no major crimes happening at the moment. This serene climate 
led folks to exchanging polite discourse all over. What are you talking about you don't like the Bears? They're only the single greatest team that ever has or ever will exist. How dare you speak that name in my presence? This friendly repartee set the perfect climate for a press conference. The city's finest reporters were gathered on the steps of City Hall with questions for mayoral candidate Alderman Eugene Gompers Craigshank. Oh, yeah, he just likes to know everything for mayoral candidate. Mr. Crookshank, what is your position on the city's growing homeless population? Chicago is a large city. I'm sure if they were given better leadership, they'd have plenty of places to stay. Mr. Cruikshank, what's your opinion on the state of education in Chicago? I'd say that under the current administration, our education system is never going to improve. I, for one, am thinking of the children. No, I don't think we can expect our parks to receive any updates if things stay the way they are. Oh. Among the crowd were our heroes. Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday Morning, the latter of which was beginning to notice a pattern. I'm beginning to notice a pattern. It seems like Crookshank isn't making any stand of his own. He's just deflecting all of the blame back onto Mayor Crane. Mr. Crookshank, it seems like you're placing the blame entirely on Mayor Crane. Surely he can't be responsible for everything that's wrong with Chicago. <laughs> You're a smart young man. No, of course Crane isn't the cause of every issue in this city, but he certainly hasn't been the solution either. What has he done to help Chicago get back on its feet? The homelessness, the lack of proper schooling, even the unkempt park district all show one thing. Mayor Crane doesn't care for his people. But think of all he's accomplished for this city. He's, uh, um... He uh, helped stop Misty LeBlanc. His own scheming secretary who'd been operating without his knowledge for months, maybe years. He helped catch the Squeezebox Bandits, the Tallies, and the Phantom Vandal. Mayor Crane didn't help with those a bit. Those were handled by the Shade, the Vamp, and... By some miracle, Chief Cannoli. All Crane did was allow the incompetent and unqualified to make him look good. Who does he think he's calling incompetent? Just how many times did you fall off a roof last week? Quiet, you. <clears throat> Mr. Crookshank, though those people may have, um, unorthodox methods at times, they still operated under Mayor Crane's guidance, and they succeeded. They only succeeded because they know something about the people they're protecting. The Shade and the Vamp, though not qualified to fight crime, seem like good, decent, common folk under those masks. And Chief Cannoli is about as common as they come. The fact of the matter is, Mayor Crane has grown out of touch with the common man. That's... not entirely inaccurate. I know. That's how I've built my political career, on statements that aren't entirely inaccurate. Anyway, if Mayor Crane wants to have even a shot at this election, 
He needs to get back on the level of his voters. He's pretty short. He's on the level with most of them already. So if he's listening, which I know he is because we're standing outside his open office window, I have a challenge for you, Mayor Crane. Spend one week living as a regular person to prove to me, your voters, and yourself that you haven't entirely lost your grip on reality. If things go as I expect they will, he'll come slinking back to his ivory tower within two days. No further comments. I know that you said that we have no further comments, but I'm going to ask you questions anyway when you walk away from things about us. Well, that took an interesting turn. True. Though I can't say it's an altogether horrible idea. Really? You think Mayor Crane should be normal for a week? Well, as normal as he can get. Why not? It's like Boxing Day. What's Boxing Day? My name, according to your mother. Now go easy on her. Her mind isn't all that young anymore. If she can remember the word Kraplach, she can remember the word Wednesday. Fair point. As I was saying... Boxing Day is a European tradition that goes back to ancient times when masters and servants would switch places for the day. I think Mayor Crane could honestly learn a thing or two from the experience. I'm sure he wouldn't be too keen to jump on that offer. I know I wouldn't want to switch places with anyone for a week. Really? I could think of a few people I wouldn't mind trading places with. Oh, there is one person. Mandrake the Magician. I still want a cape. Even with what happened to Melvin Clive with that skylight? For that level of style, I'd risk it. Who would you trade with, Wednesday? Theodore Rockwell. you trade places with me? In a heartbeat. Get to have a byline. Wait, you have one of those. Actually get credit for my work. I give you credit for your... And have everybody listen to me, no matter how ridiculous what I'm saying is. Well, that's understand... Wait, what do you mean ridiculous? Sounds like a dream to me. But Wednesday, you don't have to trade with me. I've always considered us equals. You might think so, but no one else does. Well, then let's do it. Let's switch places. You're serious. I am. Miss Morning, you're looking at your new typist for the week. I have to admit, I didn't think you'd go for it. Of course I would. Besides, how hard could it be? Now, where do you put the ink in one of these things? Lord, help us all. One, scene two. The pot boils over. Mayor Crane finds an unusual solution. As Theo and Wednesday prepared for a role reversal, inside City Hall, our unflappable mayor was calmly dealing with the accusations. Rosa, did you hear the things that Crookshank said about me? See, Mr. Mayor, I heard them. Out of touch with the common man? Can you believe that? See, Mr. Mayor, I can't believe it. Thank you, Ro- Wait a minute. What do you mean you can believe it? Well, Mr. Mayor, I shouldn't really say. That's never stopped you before, Rosa. Go ahead. If there's one thing I can count on you for, it's your painfully brutal honesty. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. I only say what I see. And, well, I see a man who has been in office for so long that he doesn't even know what it's like to be a regular person anymore. Rosa, 
How could you say such a thing? Simple. I open my mouth, the words just come out. Ask a silly question. You're nothing like a regular person. I don't even know your first name, Mayor Crane. If you were truly a man of the people, I wouldn't have to call you Mayor Crane or Mr. Mayor all the time. But I am the mayor. See, I know you are the mayor, but I should at least know your first name. You see? I suppose. Tell me, Mr. Man of the People, if you want to go down to the lunch counter and buy a coffee, how much do you think you will need? I haven't gotten my own coffee in years. Five dollars? Ay, Dios mío. I hope it never costs that much. You're about a hundred times too high, Mayor Crane. I suppose I see what you mean, Rosa. I'm going to show that Crakeshank that he's wrong. I'm going to live like an average person for a week. You mean make your own meals? What? Of course not. That's what wives are for, isn't it? Is Mrs. Mayor going to live like an average person, too? Point taken. All right, yes. I'll make my own meals. Take public transportation? As long as it isn't crowded. Uh, I do detest crowds. Leave your beautiful house? Of course. uh, What? Can't I live like a normal person out of the comfort of my own home? No normal person has seven bathrooms. Caramba! I can see you can't be left to your own for this. You are going to have to live with a normal person. Maybe you could ask Miss... That's a fabulous idea, Rosa. I accept your offer. Okay, thank you, Mr... Wait. Offer? Yes, Rosa. I'll live with you this week. I'm sure you won't mind, would you? It's for the good of my campaign, after all, so really, it's in your best interest. Oh, no comprende. How's how's that now? If I'm re-elected, you get to keep your job. I, I wish I could argue with you. But that is the first logical thing you've said all day. Of course you can stay with me. Fernando and I would be happy to have you. Wonderful. I'll be by tonight. Oh, and Rosa? It's Carol. What is? My name. Oh. See you tonight, Carol. I see why he didn't tell anyone. Act 1, Scene 3, The Italian Bread Job. Theo and Wednesday start baking progress. As Rosa was left to wonder what she did to deserve this cruel twist of fate, Theo and Wednesday went about their work visiting police headquarters to get Chief Cannoli's views on that string of bakery robberies that had been taking place. Now, Miss Morning, I want you to take the lead on this. Ask all the questions. Make bold conclusions. 
How is that different than what I normally do? Well, well, this time I'll have the typewriter. No, no, no. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, You don't get that. How do you expect me to be a typist if I can't type? Theo, even with the typewriter, you can't type. You're stalling. Fine. Here. Thank you. Now let's go. Come in. Ah, Mr. Rockwell, it's nice to see you. Is this your daughter? Daughter? Chief, no, it's Wednesday. I thought it was a Friday. No, Chief, this is Wednesday morning. Huh? You've known me for years now. I work at the Chicago Gazette Times, Herald. I have no pockets. Oh, Miss Morning. I didn't recognize you without your typewriter. You look, uh... Be very careful what you say next. Like a tiny flute. I... I'm not sure I follow, Chief. Piccolo. It means small. You look small. Thank you? You know he's right. That typewriter gives you a certain heft. Oh, just what every woman wants to hear. Eh, heft is not so bad, eh? My Carmela, she is not a smaller woman, but she is still lovely. And because she is a hefty, she can manage our five little bambini. The intimidation helps a lot. Wait a minute. I thought you only had four children. We had little Annie a few days ago, so Carmela needs all of the heft she can get. You want me to type that up for you? No, but, um, do it anyway. Well, congratulations anyway, Chief. But, um, we came in here to talk about business, not babies. We wanted to ask about those robberies that have been happening. Oh, those. They've been mostly bakeries. Owners reporting they open in the morning and some bread goes missing. Needs all the heft she can get. Got it. Now, what about the missing bread? The chief was just saying that several bakeries have reported bread being taken. Anything else? No. I really don't know why everyone is so upset about it. It's just a few loaves of bread. No need to draw it out in some long, overly complicated production, yeah? Either way, we'll look into it, Chief. It seems that, um, much like the bread, these crimes have only continued to rise. I believe I would get demerits if I said that. I thought the puns were necessary for a full roll switch. Chief, can you tell us where the bakeries are? Mostly Lower West Side. Thanks, Chief. I better write that down. Just, just give it to me. Yoink! There, that's how it's done. Amazing! Can I have the typewriter back now? What's wrong? 
it's still attached to the straps and my neck doesn't bend that way. Sorry. <gasps> How did you get so good at that? I told you. Years of practice and piano. Which I still have never heard you play. Theo. And you said you sing. I've never heard that either. I'll let you hear me sing when you let me hear you. Moving on. Thanks again, Chief. We'll go check this out. We'll let you know if we need any more information. Get it? Need? Like bread dough? Get it? Get it? Oh, never mind. Come on, Theo. Honestly, Chief, that was a good one. I just couldn't type it up fast enough. Act one, scene four. You've got to be kidding me. Rosa welcomes an unwelcome guest. Later that evening, at the Honeysuckle residence, Rosa was preparing for her extremely average new roommate. And Mayor Crane was preparing for the least normal week of his life. As he struggled up to Rosa's fifth floor apartment, he couldn't help but wonder if four suitcases were too many for his week's stay. I wonder if four suitcases was too many for my week's stay. Is there an elephant out there? Oh no, I see now. It's just my regular friend Carol Crane. Rosa, I told you that in confidence. I'd appreciate it if my name didn't get spread around. It's still better than what some people call you. What? Nothing. What do you need all those bags for? You look like you're going away for a year. I only brought enough for a week. A different suit for each day, plus extras in case of a surprise donor meeting or event. Then there's my shoes, my hair products. I doubt anything in those bags can help your hair. Well, come in. The mayor entered the apartment and looked around. The simply furnished room was much smaller than he anticipated. Rosa, how many rooms are in your apartment? Uno. Oh, well, that's all right. I'll sleep on that couch and you can stay in your bedroom. Uh, no, Mr. Mayor. The apartment is only one room. It's a studio apartment. My bed is over there behind that screen. So you're saying that this... Where you and I are standing alone together is your bedroom. This is my room with my bed, so see, this would be my bedroom. Also my kitchen and my living room. Wait, where's the... Oh, down the hall on the left. You have a hall. <laughs> well, where are you hiding it? <laughs> no, Mr. Mayor. The hall outside the apartment, the one you walked through to get here? The mayor found himself in an awkward situation. So, he did what he does best when faced with discomfort. Deflect and redirect. 
I'm looking forward to meeting Fernando. Where is he? Oh, he's not home yet. It's almost dinner time, though, so he'll be home soon. He's never late for dinner. Ah, uh, very good. <laughs> so, yes, you and Fernando will sleep uh, behind that screen, and I will stay on the couch. See, although he may come sleep by you. Oh, that's fine. What? He likes men. He... what? And don't worry. If he scratches you, just push him out of the bed. It's what I do. Perhaps this was a bad... Oh, here he comes. Mayor Crane, meet Fernando. He... he's a cat. See, si, Mr. Mayor. Then Fernando is not your husband. Very good, Mayor Crane. Gotu Guapu, this cat is not my husband. Then you live alone? See. Si. I see. Why didn't you tell me that? You didn't give me a chance. But you wear a wedding ring. Oh, no. This is my abuela's. I wear it to keep the men away. Oh, dear. I shouldn't be here. Do you think? Well, it's too late now. No, it isn't. I'll leave. Oh, no. Te muevos. Didn't you see all those reporters outside? They already saw you come in here. You might have gotten past them if you didn't drag your whole life across town. Maybe they've gone. I'll go. I couldn't... If you leave now... They'll think you're giving up, and then Crookshanks will win. But Rosa... Enough, Mr. Mayor, I'm trying to help you. But why? Like you said, you stay mayor, I keep my job. And I like my job. <coughs> yes, Fernando, it's dinner time. That smells awful. What is it? Mr. Mitten's Meow Munch. It does not smell too good to people, but the cats, they love it. What is it made of? Mm, mostly meat. Mostly? It's better if you don't ask. But look how happy he is. He certainly does seem to be enjoying himself. Who needs details with results like that? Exactamente. Now, come on, Mr. Mayor. We're going out to get dinner. You're not cooking? No, it's best to let the apartment air out after you feed him. If I cook now, the smell of that food will just make you lose your appetite. That's understandable. <laughs> Let's get going, then, before the fumes take hold. As they left, they crossed paths with a dashing young man. Buenos Nachos Rosa. Mayor Crane, what are you doing here? I don't think I've ever seen you on this side of town. Yes, random citizen, that is true. I have been remiss in visiting every part of this great city, but you will see that I am most 
definitely one with the common man. I see. So when you think of... <clears throat> I see. So when you think of common people, you automatically come to the Lower West Side? Yes. I, I mean, no. I, I, I mean, Rosa, what do common people do when they say something they shouldn't? Usually, we apologize. I'm sorry, what? See? Just like that. Only without the what and some sense of sincerity. I'm sorry, citizen. I misspoke. You see, I'm here because, well, this is where Rosa lives. Rosa! Mayor Crane is going to be staying at my place for the week. Oh, right. Cookshank's challenge. See, so be nice to him. He's doing his best. Mr. Mayor, this is my neighbor, Victor. We volunteer together. You volunteer? Yes, it means to... Trust me, Rosa. If there's one thing politicians know, it's getting people to do something for nothing. Where do you volunteer? Rosa helps at a homeless shelter and teaches children to read. Oh, and she's teaching me Spanish. Rosa, I never knew this about you. Mr. Mayor, you never knew anything about me. Will I see you later at the shelter, Rosa? Another day. I'd like to show the mayor a few things, but I think we need to break him in gently. I can hear you, you know. Oh, I know. Great. Oh, and can you still come by this week for your guitar lesson? See, si. I'm sure Mayor Crane can handle himself for an hour. Oh, you also play the guitar. I'm trying to. Victor is a wonderful musician, but I don't think I can ever sing and play like him. Give it time. See you later, Rosa. Mayor Crane. Until then, random citizen. Victor. Yes, right. Victor. We'll return to throwing shade, strange bedfellows, in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Friends, are you searching for a product that will fill up your feline without draining your dough? Then look no further than Mr. Mitten's Meow Munch. Mr. Mitten's Meow Munch is made with roadkill and exterminations from the most premium neighborhoods. No longer does Fluffy have to go out and catch mice and rats. No, now she can dine on them in the comfort of her own home. Mr. Mittens is made with the finest assortment of rodents and raccoons, pests and possums, to keep your little bundles of fuzz energized and satisfied. And Mr. Mittens doesn't strip away all the crunchy goodness like other foods do. No, they keep in the bones to help strengthen your little carnivore's teeth. So give them the goodness they crave. Mr. Mitten's Meow Munch, a middling quality food for high-class kitties. And now, back to our story. Act 2, Scene 1. Glutentog. Officer John falls for the Muffin Man. The next morning, yet another bakery opened its doors to find that some of their bread had gone missing. Fine, I guess we're sticking with this story. 
I won't skip ahead this time. Theo and Wednesday were quick to jump at the lead for a story, while certain police officers were quick to jump at the lead for free donuts. Oh, officers, I'm so glad you came, and amid such a fast response time. Absolutely, man. Happy to help. Especially when baked goods may be in danger. What's going on? We heard the sirens and came as soon as we could. Who's we? <sighs> I'm here. Wednesday, how on earth do you carry this thing around all day? I swear it's getting heavier. Hmm. Never noticed. And you always have it. You walk down the street, you have the typewriter. You climb up the stairs, you have your typewriter. You run after a story. You, you have, have your, you have your typewriter. typewriter. That's right. And I do it in heels. Which looks so good, by the way. Thank you. Can we get back to the stolen bread? Nein, none of it was stolen. Wait, it wasn't stolen? No, it was mostly wheat and pumpernickel. If the bread wasn't stolen, what are we doing here? Officer Baker meant the missing bread. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Officer Baker should be an expert in this case. Because of my love of artisanal German baked goods? No, because your last name... Uh, oh, never mind. So, tell us what happened, miss. Hannah. This is Hannah von Hannah's House of Brot. I was opening my shop this morning, and I was the only one here. Just me and my ovens. I was pulling out the fresh breads, and the pretzels, and the doughnuts. Did you say doughnuts? I knew I smelled Bavarian cream. Made by an actual Bavarian. I'm sorry, Miss Hannah, but could you get back to your story? Ach, Entschuldigung. You get me talking about my baked goods and I can go on all day. I think I'm in love. Just wait until you try my movements. Miss Hannah, please continue your story. I'm sure there will be plenty of time for Officer Baker to sample your goods later. I was in the kitchen when, all of a sudden, I heard a man singing. Singing? What was he singing? And was he any good? What difference does that make? We're starting a police choir. If we can catch him and he's good, he can join. Natch. Actually, he was good. Was he a tenor? Focus, boys. Sorry. Sorry. When I came back with the fresh muffins, all of my brot was gone. All of it? The other bakery said he only took a couple loaves. Did he leave anything? Nine. He left nine loaves? No, nine. He took it all. So you heard singing, good singing, and then all your bread was gone? Theo, this could be useful. Why aren't you typing any of this down? You yelled at me last time. <sighs> Go ahead, Theo. Practice makes perfect. Is there any other information you can give us? Nine, that is all I know. 
Dankeschön for all of your help. It's our pleasure. Officers, can I offer you some donuts to take back to the station? We couldn't. We shouldn't. All, all right. right. To scene two, a shopping we will go. Mayor Crane suffers from foot-in-mouth disease. Punch and John loaded their car with the complimentary pastries. As Officer Baker was making plans to return later for the promised tasting, not far away, Rosa attempted to go about her daily life with Mayor Crane following closely behind. Mr. Mayor. This is called a grocery store. Do you buy food here? Rosa, I know what a store is. Oh, so you do shop for yourself. <laughs> Don't be silly, Rosa. But I've cut countless ribbons in front of them, so I am familiar with the concept. Well, I can't be expected to do everything myself while running a city, except this week. I'm just like everybody else. That's right. You're not too good for anything. Thank you for the reminder, Rosa. Mr. Mayor, if you don't shop for yourself, how do you eat? Well, I go out a lot. It's important to support local businesses. I suppose that's true. But don't you ever just want to stay home? Make something for yourself? I have people that do that for me. I'm a job creator. That sounds like a thankless job. Do you at least pay them well? I have someone else handle all of that. Do you handle anything? Handling things can get your hands dirty, Rosa. And the first lesson of politics is don't get your hands dirty. Oh, Carol, we have a long way to go. So teach me more about your life, Rosa. Uh, tell me about your family. No, we'd be talking for an hour. What about your music lessons? Absolutely not. How about your volunteering? Fine, we're going there tomorrow, so I might as well prepare you. My friend Juan runs a homeless shelter. It's just a couple blocks away. And what kind of people are there? Homeless people, mostly. Well, of course. But are they... miscreants? They are just regular people like you and me. Well, me, who happen to have come across hard times. Like a lot of people. And they're going to be very upset if you go in there and call them mistletoes. All right, Rosa. No need to get so worked up. I didn't mean any offense. I know you didn't. But some people do. You promised me you aren't going to call them mistletoes when we go. That, Rosa, is one promise I can definitely make. Two, scene three, all focaccia'd up. The shade and the vamp slice into a mess. 
With the mayor's promise to refrain from holiday heckling, Rosa was satisfied. Later that evening, or the next morning, rather, Theo and Wednesday, now as the shade and the vamp, had stationed themselves on a rooftop across from the bakery in the lower west side. Vamp, I don't understand why we're out now. It's mighty close to dawn, and you know I prefer to operate strictly in the shadows. What about the time you went out because you just had to get the latest jazz album? I can't help it if I just wanted to sing, sing, sing. But you were in full costume at ten in the morning. I was afraid they'd run out, so I wanted some influence. The Shade is a celebrity. Theodore Rockwell is... nobody. You're not nobody to me. What? Watch the bakery. As the Shade and the Vamp observed from their perch, they saw the bakery owner enter his shop. Shortly after, they heard someone singing, though it wasn't very good. It don't mean a thing if it ain't other swing. Do you hear that? It's singing. It is? It sounds like a dying buffalo. No. No, that's definitely singing. But Hannah said it was good. Germans have strange taste in music. Ever listen to their operas? The singing figure tried to open the door, but it was locked. They tried again. When the shade and the vamp pulled out their ropes and swung down from the roof. And straight into the side of the bakery. As they quickly recovered, the man started to run. Stop where you are. Put your hands in the air. And turn around slowly. The man turned, only to reveal... Crookshank? What was Eugene Gomper's Crookshank doing at the bakery? Would you believe canvassing for votes? Can Rosa and the mayor get along in such close quarters? Hey... I'm not giving him my spare change, too. Will Theo ever learn how to type properly? Isn't all typing touch typing? Answers to these questions will be given a nod as we pass them by in next week's thrilling conclusion to Throwing Shade, Strange Bedfellows. Here's a sneak listen to next week's episode. This has been Throwing Shade, sponsored by Mr. Mitten's Meow Munch. Throwing Shade is brought to you by Chicago's premier storefront theater, Eclectic Full Contact Theater, reminding you to stay safe and stay home. And listen to every episode of Throwing Shade. Check out our Patreon page at www. Dot patreon.com slash EFCT and become a monthly subscriber for exclusive access to rehearsal videos, outtakes, photos, fancy shade merchandise, and more. Plans start as low as $3 a month, so support your favorite podcast for mere pennies during the pandemic. And don't forget about our other podcasts, all part of the Eclectic Podcast Network. 
Deep Shadows, Bloody Bay, Cluster Monocyte, and the Half Hour Audio Hour, our monthly audio drama anthology. Created by Sarah Siegel and Andrew Pond. Written by Andrew Pond and Kaylee Osterman. Starring the voice talents of Jessica Lauren Fisher, Daniel Hool, Serena Johnston, Noelle Kleiss, Kaylee Osterman, Andrew Pond, Rochelle Prue, and Julian Serna. Our Foley artist is Lori Iyer. Our engineer is Daniel Hool. And I'm your narrator, Noelle Kleiss. Special thanks to Tina Salamone. Tune in next week. Same shade time. Same shade. 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 Same shade.